Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. And you know, this is a special episode of our podcast because it's snowing and our kids are home from school and... There's going to be here for a while. <laughs> when it snows in the South, the South shuts down. It, with uh, a capital D. We, uh, yeah. I just sat in an airplane for four hours. Yeah, he tried to go. didn't go anywhere. So, uh, interesting segue. So, Penn has, you know, we do have real jobs. I know people like to think that we just get to make goofy videos, but we are partners in a company called Walk West. It's a video production and digital marketing company. And so Penn still goes out and does actual work. I and put on a little suit. He has a little suit. <laughs> yeah. And he was sitting on the airplane today trying to leave town and nope. And I'm back. <laughs> and I'm he's back. This was originally just going to be you. I know. I had it all planned out. It was going to be like a solo intro. You, you were going to play the victim, right? No. Like the, like the... <laughs> <laughs> the woman alone with the children. No, who, no, who no, are no. Home from it was going to be very. I was really had it planned out, but now you're here. I know. I'm anyway, kidding. all right. So if you haven't experienced the podcast before, we make uh, we make funny videos on YouTube and Facebook. Put one out today. That's that's doing quite well. Um, yeah. So, and I think if you're um, a regular listener to this podcast, you've heard me say how I don't actually love it when a video goes super viral. You don't. I and, don't. I, and I and I now understand that. And I think honestly, if you're a super listener, you can probably fill in the blanks as to why, right? Because you know Kim better now <laughs> from listening to these podcasts. She feels all the feels. She's all an the empath. Feels. So she feels that positive energy. And boy, does she also feel if there's any negative energy, <laughs> even if it's a sliver of a tenth of a percent. She no, feels no. it. No, so here's here's my theme song of, of life. Ready? If you're happy and you know it, overthink it. If you're happy and you know it, overthink it. If you're happy and you know it, then my anxiety will you're really somehow show it. Blow it. <laughs> if you're happy and you know, you know it, it, then you're going to somehow blow it. If you're happy and you, <laughs> you know, know it, overthink it. it. <laughs> so Did my... you just come up with that? That's I, really I good. So I was, I was, Hang on. Should we bring a piano in and make that like our open song? Oh, my God. So I was actually singing that to my niece yesterday because she was overthinking something. And I was like, yeah, she's inherited it from me. Um, yeah. So I even I was anxious about we set we put out this song yesterday that we actually wrote a year ago. 
We yeah. it, we did yeah. a kind of a new fresh take on the baby it's cold outside called baby just go outside and we wrote it a year ago. Um but we really felt like last year um with all that was happening with the Me Too mo- movement it would have been interpreted as um mocking the victims and we never ever wanted that to happen because we are victims we are yeah we are both victims of sexual i don't know what it's called abuse groping whatever it was it's gross you can listen to a prior episode i don't want to talk about it again today i'm in a good mood um it happened to you yeah so we, we both worked in newsrooms pen actually and in a restaurant situation with pen pen was he's six foot five and he was groped twice by a boss and although you could have physically overpowered him like not cool dude and um and neither of us really talked about it until we realized like how many other people this happened to so um it was too sensitive last year this year we felt like there had been some time and and by the way you are a better barometer of this than i am and i'm glad because you sent it to your friends yeah last year they were like and they all thought they all thought it was funny and they all thought it was too soon yeah. And I think most of your friends have similar stories to us. Yeah. To yeah. That. I mean, and it's it's, it's really sad how – but then this year, um, the people have – the radio stations have banned Baby It's Cold Outside. And now there's a backlash to the backlash. There's a backlash to the backlash to the backlash. Right. And listen, I – Ours is another backlash. That I, there'll be a backlash There'll be to. a backlash yeah. to the backlash, sure. which was a backlash. So it's one of those things where this – the original song – and I don't even really feel like talking about it. The original song was – the intentions were not that. The, here was the the original song the woman wanted to stay the woman wanted to have a right. time she with was, it. It, it she was flirting and that was the way that flirting i guess happened I guess, back but, then yeah but guess what now the times have changed and now that's not how i hear it and i get it like that girl wanted to get after it but she couldn't it, because and this is how Wait, she why couldn't she well that no are you kidding me back in that time if a woman had oh, the I audacity to say it. actually I, I would it. like to stay she would have been shamed okay and so she couldn't say that i get that i'm here for that right but now you hear it differently so we changed the words and there's been a backlash to the backlash to the I don't think there has been. I think people are enjoying this song. There will be at least one thought piece written. Oh, by, there'll be an open letter to, written to by us. At least one magazine, and there'll be an open letter to us. Like, I'm sure. But honestly, we are right in the middle. We're all in the middle of this Me Too movement. We're trying to better understand how to communicate with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And so, at this time, why not give a fun alternate version of a song and just let it be that? If you're happy and you know it, overthink it. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, overthink it. If you're happy and you know it, Kim is probably gonna blow it. If you're happy and you know it, overthink it. Okay, can we talk about our guest today? Oh my gosh, this okay. is such a non sequitur because so, no, he's no, awesome. No, no, this is no, yeah. no, no. This is is it, a, are you gonna find a way to tie this well, in? We okay. My stitch at work. I was so miserable as in my job as a reporter. I would sit on the floor with my curling iron because he had to use a curling iron. He didn't have to. I just wanted good anchor hair. And I would cry before work every day. And I thought that's just like what happened. I thought you just cried before work every day. And I have to say there is – there are some blessings from depression and anxiety. And you've heard me like drone on about like this depression and anxiety thing that I get to live with. Um, but the benefit is like your body like will tell you 
like what's up and i think a lot of people can go through life in situations where they're just kind of like eh, it's fine it's fine it's fine but as my version of depression like my body would shut down because i was in a job situation that i really didn't like it took me years to figure it out but i got out of the news business i started a business that's now employing lots i started with a partner but we started a business where pen got to quit his job and we we've been building it together so it's been really cool and it was really scary and we embraced the crazy um and so people first because we made that move and it was kind of it ended up being kind of a public move people ask us all the time like should i quit my job i really want to do this how do i do this should i quit my job we are not experts at all at all at all but um we asked the question to Pete Smith. Pete Smith is kind of an expert in this. Yeah. No, yeah. That, I think I would say that is his wheelhouse. Yeah. And not, not on whether you should quit your job, but just on how you could lead, lead a life with more significance. Because you are not going to be happy 100% of the time in your job. You're not going to be happy 100% of the time, nothing. But you are going to be fulfilled. And there are ways to search for significance and fulfillment. And if you're not finding it in your job, maybe there's a different way you can do it. Um but there is we talk a lot about just embracing the crazy and yeah. um, answering the question of, is this the right move? So if it's something that you're pondering about how how to live with more fulfillment, how to how to find a job you love, this is going to be a good podcast for you. So Pete is an Amazon bestselling author of Dare to Matter, choosing an unstuck and unapologetic life of significance. He had a stroke at the age of 35. He goes into all of this and how it really, that near-death experience really changed his life. So we hope you enjoy Pete Smith. And we're going to meet him in just a second, but because we are so long-winded, we want to take a quick minute <laughs> and thank some of our sponsors like Care Of. Love these guys. They support us, so please support them. So Care-of does this amazing online quiz about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices. choices? Yep. I mean, yeah. Yeah, choices. Yeah. And it takes Don't five so minutes churlish. and then find out what vitamins and supplements you really specifically need. And they send you these personalized, cute little packets of vitamins and supplements right to your door. It's a monthly subscription service. And um, they say that 90% of people fall short of the FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. Yeah, and I'm probably one of them. I, and I haven't really gotten on the care of train, but you have. And it's it's like affected your energy level and your sleep habits. And you've been pretty psyched about Carol. No, it's been great. And it's just like easy to remember and they're right there. And then a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. And okay, so here's the deal. You, um... Uh... What do you do? So, okay. So, and, uh... Care of puts honesty first, providing all the research that supports each of the recommendations backed by scientific advisory boards. So here's what you do. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter the promo code Holderness, H-O-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S, for 25% off your first month. Go to takecareof.com, enter promo code Holderness, H-O-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S, for 25% off. You'll love it. Let me ask you something. Have you learned how to spell our name quickly yet? Or is it still like take a little while for you to remember how to spell it? It's a big, confusing last name. Um, I'm good But like at the beginning, it was, well, a, bit, it also, was a bit much. It right? was, it's a lot. Yeah. Super. Yeah. And welcome Pete Smith. 
Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> it's hey. so funny. We've been sitting here talking for about five minutes before pressing record, so now we have to pretend like, <laughs> oh, just, Pete, thanks for here. coming in. He just got here. Pete yeah. just yeah. walked wow, in. Wow, what an interesting person. Yes. <laughs> and all those things that we just said about him, which we haven't recorded yet. We do that later. Wow. <laughs> okay. So we've been having a lot of fun. Pete is the seventh of eight kids, so he's mm. used to chaos, so he's going to do very well here. Looking forward to it. This is great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So can, let's back it up for a second. Um, you you came to be who you are now in terms of what you do for a living and speaking and motivating people and helping people manage because of a near-death experience. Yeah. Can you walk us back? Tell us about that day. Sure. Uh, May 6, 2010, the day I had a stroke. I was, uh, I was 35. I was just shy of my 36th birthday. No symptoms, nothing. Just happened. Boom. Out was of, anybody out of with you? So Whitney was upstairs, Okay. and I had finished checking emails from the night before, closed the laptop, and boom, you know, that it happened. What and, did it feel like? Um, at first, my legs were, were wobbly, and I remember thinking, that's odd. You know, is it that I didn't have breakfast, that I didn't have coffee? What's the deal? Um, but let, let's see what happens. Then they started getting really wobbly, and then I remember thinking, oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to collapse here. So I quickly called out to Whitney, who was upstairs, and, and fell to the ground. A chair hit my, uh, blocked my fall on the way down. So I'm sitting upright on my dining room floor, just panicked, trying to figure out what's happening, you know. And then, and then all of a sudden, um, what I heard internally was my body begin to shut down. And I remember thinking, no, 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 like this isn't happening. What, what's happening, you know? You heard it. Yeah, it's so hard to, to describe. So um, best way I can describe it is think about turning your car off. You know, you have a, an engine on a car, you turn it off, you hear the engine start coming down to a halt. That's exactly what I heard internally, is everything just started slowing down. Now, medical professionals are going to tell you that's when all the blood starts rushing to your vital organs, right? That's what right. you hear. And so that's that's what was happening. Weird. I never totally heard it described weird. that way. Totally weird. Meanwhile, your wife probably hears this? or She, well, she doesn't know any of this is going on. She okay. heard me call out to her. Right. And uh, so I'm sitting there. Trying to figure it out, hearing my body shut down, and all these things are just now rapidly firing through my mind because I'm thinking, I'm dying. Like, I can't stop this. I have about 60 seconds left to live. Like, this is it, you know? And so I remember thinking about Whitney, the, my wife's name, and um, thinking, God, she's going to come downstairs. She's going to see me dead on my dining room floor. Like, what's going to happen with her? What's the impact on that? What, what happens here? I thought about my parents, my brothers and sisters, right? All, all eight of them. All 97 of them. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and then I remember thinking, I wonder which one of them is going to hear the news first and which one of them is going to have to break the news to my parents. Like, oh, this there is what, was a lot going on. Like firing in and out, right? And, and then, uh, then I remember asking myself a question like, did I live? Did I do everything that I wanted to do? Did I... Did I run my race to win? Did I change anyone's life? Did I live? Right, and Man, so you got through a lot in sixty seconds. I also thought about the, the softball game the night before. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, Stop it. No. It's a true story. No. True. Yeah, I played softball the night before, and there was a there was a, a call to plate that I disagreed with. <laughs> you were still mad at the ump. Yeah, you're, like yeah, you're you're him. about to die and you're mad at the ump yeah, from like, last God, night from a community softball if game, just which has the way no I did, It would have been great. You know, we could have won the game, and that's really what I would do the exact same thing. That's why I'm shouting right now. Yeah. But you think of those things. And actually, I was thinking, oh, he's probably just a really nice guy. He's just umping a game. You know, but then, boom, the next thought was coming off. And so it was right. really So you weren't thinking, like, boy, in. he's going to be really sorry he made that bad call now that I'm dead. No. But I hope like, he feels that way yeah, today. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, blew right. it, but even you know? though he didn't die. Yeah. Okay. Well, got all I'm going to say okay. is I was safe. So nonetheless, <laughs> um, but that's what that's what you're thinking of is all these different things. And then finally, like, did I, did I live? Did I matter? You know, so to answer your question before, no, Whitney didn't know until she came to the top of the stairs she calls out to me saying, did you, did you call me? 
And so I tried calling out to her to say, come downstairs. And that's when I realized I, I can't, can't say, say I can't say I couldn't talk. Um, she comes downstairs and I was trying to tell her to call 911. But you and couldn't get it I out. I couldn't. So that's pretty indicative that you probably should call 911, which she did. She's very smart. And so uh, she comes down and she's leaning in front of me. She calls 911 and I'm looking at her and, and she's on the phone with paramedics. And all of a sudden she says, um, a stroke? I'm not sure. How would I know? And I kind of like turned away thinking, what do you mean a stroke? You know, I'm 35. Right. You know, like old people have strokes. You know, people that's that what have, everybody thinks. That's what everyone thinks. And and then I, so I'm off in Neverland, come back and I'm looking at her and she's touching my right arm in front of me and I can't feel a thing. Oh, wow. And so I'm looking at her. She's grabbing my arm and, and there's nothing like total uh, loss of, of uh, sensation on the right side of my body. So that was the stroke, you know. And so eventually then I heard the ambulances come and, and uh, all worked out and, and taken to the hospital. And, and yeah, just a complete recovery because uh, all of a sudden things started coming back. And right. So they rushed me to take the scans. And what they found was, was there was a blockage. So I had a clot, which was right at the base of my brain. And then the scans revealed how the brain was redirecting blood flow around the clot. And just fascinating. Yeah, you know the I mean? human like, body's amazing. I didn't do anything to cause the stroke, but I didn't do anything to recover from it either. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it was like total blessing. Yeah. And so in those moments, I mean, there's a lot going through your head. That obviously, the terrible call that was made against you, very important. But like, there was also much very, yeah. 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 But so like, what, how did that kind of, what was the blessing that came from that? Like, what, how did that like shift the way you lived your life? So that the, the idea of did I live, mm-hmm. look, Society is going to continue to shove this message down our throats that our greatest endeavor is the achievement of success and happiness, right? Whatever that means. And in that moment, I didn't think about either one of those things because all I could think about was whether or not I was significant, right? So in other words, at the precise moment when I thought my life is ending, one of the things that mattered to me most was whether or not I mattered at all. So did I matter? So that was really the the message that I took from that experience and realized, hey, look, this is what we're going to think about in the last days of our lives, but do we have to wait until those moments, or can we kind of take that idea and really figure out what matters and apply it to what we do today, personally and professionally? Having that feeling, you have to feel like that was a real gift for you now, which is a crazy thing to consider when it was major trauma, it yeah. was life-threatening, it obviously affected your family. Yeah. It was a gift. It was. It, and it's odd because you don't wish that on it. You don't wish that experience. Yeah, like I'm not going to go home and try to induce a stroke right, so that right. I can God, I wish so I had that I can a live, stroke. Yeah, you know, exactly. But, but you want what, what the lessons learned from that. You want that for people. You want them to get a better perspective of, look, so much of what we worry about, it doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? And here's actually what matters and here's how we can apply it to what we do today. And Sweet. I think, yeah, I think people are craving that the and I think that's why people make comments on the internet. They want to be heard. People yeah. people just want to know that they matter in some way. Mm-hmm. But why do you think that we live then in opposition to that? So we want to matter, but then yet we're leading lives that are just like in the pursuit of being quote happy or significant yeah. or, or you know like what or successful. Yeah. So why do you think that is? So I think that the term happiness is a little bit overused or misunderstood, you know, and and look, I'm a big fan of success and happiness. You know, this isn't I'm anti either one of those things. I think they're great, but I think they I think they have a role. I think we're better served obtaining both of those things, not when we pursue them as goals in and of themselves, but when they're the byproduct of pursuing something much more meaningful. You know, so in other words, instead of pursuing happiness, what if it was more about fulfillment? 
and we're all parents, right? And so mm-hmm. we we understand the difference that there are some things our kids do that do not make us happy, right? There are some things my boys do that I'm not happy with with some of the decisions that they make. But there's not a day that goes by that I'm not absolutely fulfilled by being a dad. Mm-hmm. And so when you're fulfilled, you are able to weather those moments when you may not feel happy about something. So I think sometimes it's just reframing people's perceptions of what are we actually looking for? Is it about happiness, which is a feeling which can come and go, or is there something more to it than that? You know, And it's so interesting when you're talking about happiness and fulfillment and significance, I think that we compartmentalize that in different parts of our lives. So do, are you happy and fulfilled at work? Are you happy and fulfilled at home? Are you happy and fulfilled in your connection with the community? Mm-hmm. Is there a message that goes across all of those, or do you need to compartmentalize those things? So part of what, what I help people do is um, to choose what I call t- have a stand, take a stand. And your stand is all about purpose, right? And so if anything, it's, it's getting people to identify what's their purpose, which, by the way, is a choice, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so many people say, well, I haven't, I haven't found my purpose yet, you know? Well, what if it wasn't lost? You know what I mean? Like, what if... What if it was simply a choice where you get to decide to categorize who, what you want your life to be about in one or two words and have that be the main drive in every aspect of your life? So in other words, if I stand for significance, if I stand for impact, what I will do then is look in my personal life and figure out what else do I need to do personally so that I can create a significant impact in the lives of people that, that, that mean the most to me. Same thing professionally, right? If I'm coming from that place, then that's the mainstay. And then I get to choose what I do in every aspect of my life. But it's all with the same intent that my purpose here is really to have a significant impact in the lives of those that I'm meant to serve. On the work front, we get, I, I would say daily, we get emails uh, ask, with people asking us for advice. Like, yes. should we bizarre. quit our jobs? Should we quit our yeah. jobs? Because, because we're kind of an example of a, of a couple that took our job, said we're unhappy with it, and started our own thing. And we got lucky. Okay. Oh, uh, so that, that's the thing. Is that we get a lot of the well, you know? I wish I could do that, but I'm not. I'm. I don't feel like I. I, I wish I could do this. I wish mm. I could do that. Um, and then my advice is always to just to t- t- take the leap off the cliff, which is not always the most responsible advice. But it makes me wonder: Are these people truly unhappy with their jobs, or is there something else they can they could shift, they could change that where their their job doesn't necessarily have to be all that they do? Right. So, right. and it's such a it's a loaded question to some degree. People say, right. "Should I quit my job?" Right. Well, look, my candid response is. Do you suck at your current one? Oh, you do? Great. Yes, you should probably quit your job, right? Or <laughs> I've surveyed uh, all the people you work with, and nine out of ten of them can't wait for you to be gone. So now's a good time for you to quit, right? So, but there, but let's look at look at the wording that they're using. Should I quit my job? Are they are they seeking validation from me by asking that question, right? Which they don't need. Are they asking my permission for them to right. go out? They don't need my permission, and um, that's concerning. Because then they're also, are they using me as the reason uh, to, when it doesn't work out, as someone to blame? Yeah. You know what I mean? So if they say, well, I was undecided, and then I asked Pete Smith whether or not I should quit my job, and he said yes, and it's turned out to be a disaster, it's his fault, yeah. right? So so I'm always leery of when people say, should I quit my job? Some of the questions I'll ask them is, well, how long have you been thinking of, of doing this? And a lot of times they'll say, oh, God, I've been thinking about this forever, right? For as long as I can remember. And so my advice to them is a little bit contrary to what they're normally told, and I'll tell them to stay. Mm-hmm. Right? So if they say, should I quit my job? How long have you been thinking about this? God, forever. Uh, then no, you should probably stay where you are. 
and it takes them by surprise, just what you just did, right? Because it's contrary to what everyone else has been telling them. Yeah, go out and do it. Go out and do it. Go out and do it. Uh, I tell them not to. But they're going to say they're going to say why? Why not? That's, right. That's and so question. part of it is to get the, to challenge them to. It's a pattern interrupt, right? They're used to people saying, "Yeah, you should," and here I am saying, "No, you should probably stay." And partially because they don't they don't want it that bad. They don't really want to change. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, "No, no, yes, I do." No, if you did, you you would have already found a way. So clearly, it's not that bad. And not that you have to wait till things are that bad. Yeah. But you have to get to a point where your desire is that you can't imagine doing anything different. Right. You know what I mean? so, so is the reason you're saying that because you believe that or is it because you want them to say, oh, yeah, and then quit their job? Part of it. They okay. need to be able to make the decision themselves and yeah. defend Look, it themselves. At some point, how, how successful are you going to be if you continue to remain indecisive, right? So right. If, they, if they're asking, should I, should I, should I, I have a different approach. It's very different if they're saying, hey, here's what I'm considering. What advice would you give for someone who's ready to jump? Or what advice would you give? Yeah. Right now, it's diff- now we're having a different conversation. Yeah. It's not permission-based anymore. It's seeking advice, seeking counsel, which I think, oh, that's great. Yeah. But if you're going to sit here and tell me you've been thinking about jumping for 10 years, no, nah, why don't you stay where you are? Because you, know, you haven't taken your stand yet. Like yeah, and, and yeah. it doesn't. You're obviously not that bothered where you are. Things are okay. So what's the burning desire? What's the what's the reason for why you want to make the change? You and know? don't you feel like you can it, when you're determining your purpose, you're, you're you're taking your stand, and and yours is to, to live a life with significance. You can still make those shifts within a current job you have. Prob- I would imagine yeah. Yeah. if you can if you can make those mindset shifts and maybe it's finding different responsibilities or exerting yourself in different Correct. ways. Correct. Um, so for me, for Kim, for Max, mm-hmm. for Christina, we've all made major career shifts over the last five Christina, years. Christina, by the way, is in the room and Christina works with us as well. She yeah. doesn't even have a microphone. And, so and Christina is the one who introduced <laughs> us to Pete. Say hello, Christina. Hello. Uh, yeah, we can't. Yeah. That's enough. Christina. She's not. Yeah, the, okay. She Hush doesn't it. want to be part of the Hush wilderness. It. Oh, she was the elephant. <laughs> yes, yeah, she played. If the you watched the, if you watched our, our Thanksgiving oh. video, she's the elephant. Yes. Is that okay. right? I didn't she know was that. the elephant. Um, yes, she was great. a great elephant. I know. I know. Anyway, she's like I, she wants to crawl into a hole and die. Anyway, okay, let's go. <laughs> Pete, the four of us have all made major career changes in the yeah. last five years. Yeah, yeah. And and if you ask any of us, we will all say one of the reasons why we did it was because we had the support of the people around us who we loved and who we cared about. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm only asking because is that necessary or like what if you don't have that support set? Yeah. Uh, how do you, like I think a lot of times we hear from people who are uh, single who are alone who like not 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 lonely but they're not part of a family structure right. and it makes it harder to do that. Sure. Yeah. So is that important? Yes. And, and you talk about the the support. It's one of the. This is where people who ask for advice. One of the things you would tell them is let's talk about your support structure at home. And one of the topic conversations I had to have with my wife when I went out on my own as well. And this was you know in 2011. My wife's a teacher, and so we went from dual income and I had a very successful job. I was doing fine to all of a sudden, hey, I don't know when my next paycheck is coming. Are we willing to make the sacrifices necessary in order for us to live off of your paycheck, your teaching salary paycheck? I don't know if you guys know this, but teachers don't make uh, enough money. Does she work at that new magical school, Gold Money Academy? (laughs) She does. (laughs) Where they pay teachers what they're actually worth. And that's the other part of it is, is people... They like the glorious aspect of envisioning what they think this new life is going to be, but they don't necessarily like the sacrifices that are going to have to be made. And so are they willing to make those sacrifices in advance? You know, to your point, 
you may not have that support structure. Can you can you start living your life in a way where you are within the financial boundaries of what you anticipate to be over the next couple of months? Are you willing to make those sacrifices? Are you willing to not have coffee every day at Starbucks? Are you willing to not that you want to go back to ramen noodles. I don't wish that on anyone. But are you, you know, peanut butter and jelly? It's uh, are you willing to go back and do those things yeah. that are necessary? I won't. I won't have you badmouth ramen in this office, <laughs> sir. I will not stand for. I've been enjoying this interview until just then. Pete, sir. No, okay. No, that, like, look, look, sorry. That's that's a great point. That's a great point. So how do you have that conversation though? Is there? I mean, have you figured out the best way to have that conversation with your loved ones? Well, sure. Yeah, it, and. Uh, Part of it is is being clear with what your expectations are moving forward. So I didn't paint the rosy picture for Whitney. I didn't say, here, here let's, I'm going to go out on my own. I think this is what's going to happen. It was almost like, I don't know what's going to happen. What if the worst happens and no one likes me and I never get an engagement and you know I, I bring in uh, zero? And so one of the things I learned when I went out on my own is I had – I was like the poster child for how not to go out on your own, by the way. It was like <laughs> awful. you know. And I didn't have any clients and I don't know – I should have gotten my MBA because what I didn't realize is that when you don't have clients, you you actually make zero. Did you know that? Like <laughs> zero? You have, you have zero income with wow. no. I was like, God, well, I you wish know. you heard it here first, told, guys. I wish there was this podcast before I jumped out. <laughs> We're now a business uh, podcast, yeah, guys. You yeah, have to have so, clients to make money. Exactly. That. I had no idea. So that's a good good place to start that conversation. But um, you know, <laughs> so you go back and say, look, how long can we survive with me bringing in zero? Right. What is that? The runway, like? right? The yeah. runway. Exactly. Yeah, it may take, and it usually takes longer than sometimes you even anticipate. Mm-hmm. So if this was a year long, what do we need? What are our bills? What What are we willing to sacrifice on? And and that so that was that conversation. It's really being clear with expectations of of uh, if it goes this long. Are we, are we willing to, to embrace that grind? Yeah, the conversation we had, uh, we moved down. I was a reporter at, at Inside Edition in New York. Uh, great people who worked there. I hated the job because I had a baby. He was the Manny, and I had a baby, and I was, like, on an airplane with <laughs> sorry, a breast sorry. pump. What? And, well, I'm laughing because, like, the only stories they sent her out on oh were, like, were people who either lost their fingers in a hot dog factory. Or a salad. Or, or, and then somebody ate into, the finger bro- in a salad. Broke into apartments <laughs> and dressed up in women's underwear. Yes. Like, it was, I, I was, like, like, like those were the only types. She was the, I was the, she was creepy, the creep reporter. Like, isn't that kind of inside edition, though? Totally. It is, but, there, but there's also that, the, like, April's, like, going to... I know. Tiger Woods' wedding, and you kind of no, like the I, hot dog. And, I had Houston, the, I and they were all in Houston. All of Everybody them. was in and Houston. And they thought because I was from Florida, they're like, you could just swing by Houston. I'm like, guys, I live in New York now, and you can't swing. There's no swinging by Houston. Anyway, yeah, I was the exclusive, like, you've cut your finger off reporter. Yeah. Dot com. And I hated it. And so I told Pat, I'm like, you just have, I spent so many days like on our bathroom floor. I was like, I had like a curling iron in one hand and like, I was like, oh, and they'd call me. They're like, go to Houston. And um, it was a bad impression of my boss. Are you just doing, and we love her, so I'm not going to say her name. No, he, he said uh, yeah. it. And, um, Esther. Uh, good old Esther. And so um, I'd have like, I had like one curling, like curling with my curling iron. I'm like, I have to get out of an airplane and I had the baby and I was so miserable. And at that moment I was like, I'm going to quit and I, I'll just go work a Starbucks like I if I'm lucky enough to get a job at Starbucks so I told him I'm like you get a job like you get and that's how we ended up in North Carolina and then I tried to go back uh, to work as a reporter here and I and we needed the money like we it wasn't like we we had like cushy like a, a lot of like runway as Penn likes to say and I sat at my desk and okay come on now Max has like my reporter videos up now this is just not nice um 
so I sat at the desk at the in the local newsroom here, and I called Penn. I was like, hey, honey, um, I'm about to go in and uh, quit my job. And he's like, um, well, because I – and I'm a very risk-averse person, but there was like – I could not sit there for one second longer. Yeah. Like I had – no choice and had I we didn't really we didn't really have a real conversation so kudos to you but he's like okay well you'll get another job I'm like I'll make something work we'll figure it out but right. I can't do I, I literally right. cannot sit in that seat and, for one second and, longer. and that's not something Kim's ever done so I I definitely I've I respected that opinion I'm just yeah, saying I wasn't a quitter yeah. like I didn't quit jobs yeah right yeah. so right I mean that's that's a so different I love stand, yeah, but, I guess. but there's there's um What's great about that is you had you had that burn the ship moment. Okay. Right? So are you familiar with, with burning the ships? Um, I've never done it before. I've watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. So uh, – <laughs> So Blackwater, got it. Yeah. Got it. We're good. Yeah. Got it. We're good. Yep. Same, Dragons same. the whole bit. Got it. Um, all right. So, so uh, short story – long story, but I'll make it short. It, Cortez, Hernando Cortez, uh, conquistador years ago. Brings an army to the shores of Mexico. They're going to engage in a battle. The men get off the boats. They're on the shores, and they turn around, and, and Cortez's order was burn the ships, oh, right? They don't have so, an option yeah. to go back. No option to retreat. So uh, I think that there's a there's a pillar in the significance framework that I talk about called embracing the crazy, and it talks about I, exactly I actually, what you just I, did. We yeah. use that all the time. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're just about uh, our relationship. Like just, yeah. Yeah. Just, just embrace just, the crazy. Yeah, exactly. yeah embrace right? the crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so the the idea behind that pillar is that you're at some point you're going to be butting up against the your own fears and your critics. You know, <clears> people who are going to say, "Don't do that. That's crazy." And so the whole concept is is to embrace that crazy, to go just beyond what's become comfortable, even though we have our critics who are going to say, "Why did you do that? That's crazy." And so it's it's removing all of the retreat options that totally. you have. So I did the same thing when I jumped out on my own. Uh, I was in 2011. And when I went through this really great period of zero clients, uh, <laughs> uh, I got to the point. Oh, and by, by the way, Whitney comes to me shortly after and says, hey, we're pregnant. Right? It was like what? so we celebrate. Mother Nature we knows. Apparently celebrated unemployment. Yes. Mother um, Nature knows yeah, when like, to do this, this to you. This would be great. So, um, so by the way, guys, also um, babies cost money. Anyway, go they ahead. do. They yeah. do. Yeah, selfish little things. Yeah. So, um, so here I am trying to think of. All right, I'm going to give myself 90 days. Right, this is my lack of MBA experience of uh, figuring out how long this is going to be. And I was excited when I first went out. Month one, like zero clients, zero more. I didn't even know what I was offering. Like that's how bad it was. Month two, uh, it's still nothing great. As we start getting toward this, the end of the 90 days, I noticed a shift in how I was describing work. I kept saying, I don't know if now is the right time. I don't know if now is the best time. I didn't know that my wife, that we were pregnant. Maybe I jumped the gun a little bit. I'm thinking about stopping because I can always revisit this later. Uh. And... So there was a change in what I was describing. All of a sudden, it became rationalizing why it wasn't going to work, right? And I realized in that moment that my ship was my resume because I had a pretty good track record um, success-wise. I was in operations before. I was a teacher at one point. So I knew that if there was an, an, op or an opportunity that I was qualified for, if I submitted my resume, I had a good chance of at least getting an interview. And if I got an interview, you maybe get I'll get job. an offer, you yeah. know? And so I was spending some of my time trying to figure out how do I make this work? And the other half of my time trying to figure out what job opportunities were available, plan B. And so what I ended up doing was I, I burned the ship. I erased my resume. Mm. 
So I deleted my resume. So you literally that. deleted it. Deleted. You Boom. pressed. Okay. Press the delete. Cannot button, get gone. it back. Yeah. I, okay. You could always spend another six to eight hours recreating it. Right. And else, right. But the idea like was this was this was both, this door. was this was a symbolic. Gesture yes. on your part, and a, yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, yeah, and you, and you absolutely panic in those moments, right? Like you, you, you call Penn to tell him, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm about to walk in and quit," and then you do, and then you're like, "Well, holy, holy crap. crap! What? Crap. You know, like just kidding, you know?" Psych. Yeah, the next day, you're like, "Well, well. You, you have remorse and all this other stuff," and that's kind of the idea. But the great thing is, when you shut that door, all of a sudden, every ounce of your energy and focus gets directed toward, all right, how do I make this work? Yeah. And you become you become creative. Focused. You become focused yeah. and, and you become more creative and you become more determined. Because you have to. Because you have to. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So when I when I put in my notice at the T V station, that was probably the most momentous thing because we went from we went from two jobs to one job to zero like the, going from one to zero was a tough one well, too. Well right? so what what had happened was uh, so I, I called my friend Sharon who we've had on this podcast before and I said, mm-hmm. Hey I just quit my job, let's start a business. So so she and I started like media training, public speaking training, basically any way I could use my resume to try to my, my big shiny resume to try to impress people of mm-hmm. like, I can teach you how to talk good. Um, and then they said, hey, do you do social media was new? Do you do social media management? Uh-huh. Sure do. Yeah. And then we figured it out. Do you guys do video production? Sure. Honey, go buy a camera. Like we do video production now. So we actually. <laughs> do you do editing? Yep. Sure. Sure do, honey. Go buy some software. Go buy some software. And we just kind of figured it out. Um, right. Again, would did not have an MBA and probably wouldn't recommend that. But then we got busy enough that it was like, hey, Penn, we need what you do. We need like a shooter, an editor. I can't promise I'm going to pay you. But, but you we, should yeah. quit your job. We had zero mm-hmm. clients. Yeah. So back to me and the story I was just, just telling a second ago. Because um, <laughs> I was going to say something nice about you. <laughs> Uh, I was getting there, though. We had to get to, like, how you quit your job. Got it. Okay. Okay. You're welcome. So I went in and I said, I'm leaving. Um, And that was – but that was the point where we went from one job to zero stable jobs. We had a couple of clients, but they were one-off deals. Mm -hmm. We didn't know how much longer we were going to have those clients. Um, And so I quit, and then I met her at this – the kids wanted to go to, like, an outdoor concert. And I met them, and they had posters we made posters. Of like, congrats, daddy, I'm proud of you. I will never forget mm. that moment. That's mm. why I was asking about the support. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I would have gone through with it if I didn't have that. I don't know if that makes me a weak person or a lucky person. I don't know what it makes me. Yeah. But I think everyone needs something or somebody or some force to pat them on the damn back when they do something like this. Right. And I was so fortunate to have that. Yeah. Yeah. It, part of it is, is being intentional. With surrounding yourself with certain people that uh, have what you need, right? So in other words, if if you're in a position where you work for an organization, you want to be a manager, well, you better have someone in your top five network who happens to be a manager, someone who can talk about what you need to do in order to get to that next step. If you're an entrepreneur, uh, you better have entrepreneurs in your network or at least be intentional with right. forging relationships with entrepreneurs. And so many people are content to stay within the people that they know. But that's not always what's driving them to that next level. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, so, you, and a change of scenery and a change of – and you have to – even as adults, making new friends is not an easy thing to do right. at all. But yeah. I think that for as much as you have to be self-empowered, you have to do this stuff yourself, external – or like we're lying if we say external forces don't play a part in this. Sure they do. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, a local business owner around here, a friend of mine, opened up a, a, a bakery recently, and he named it after his daughters so that he couldn't fail. 
Is that Lucette Grace? Yes. No yeah. way. I didn't yeah. know that story. That's great. Lucette and Grace are his two daughters' well, names. Well, he's it's very delicious. successful. Yeah. Delicious that was his, like, <laughs> if I put my daughter's names on it, I can't let it fail. But yeah. failing, like, but you yeah. should also expect to fail, too. Like, we had some, yeah. we had some, and continue to, by the way, have some classic failures. Oh, God, yes. We, like, on, I'm reminded every day by my wife of things that I've fallen <laughs> short of doing. Stop it. Not <laughs> In true. In a very loving way. <laughs> Not <laughs> true. <laughs> Not in a very low. See, <laughs> let's talk about working with your spouse now. No. <laughs> but 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 you you go Alcohol. out. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you should be like, anticipate some failures. Yeah. Look, there. So there are some people who are going to say, uh, "What would you do if you knew you could not fail?" Right. And that's that's big in coaching uh, to get people to move forward. And what would you pursue if you knew you could not fail? And I think that's it's a well-meaning question, but I think it's ill-advised because immediately what it's doing is it's it's creating a framework that failure is somehow the opposite of success. And so people get so fearful of failure uh, because they think, well, if I failed, then I wasn't successful. And and so I wonder what would be different if we if we looked at failure not as being the opposite of success, but maybe being a requirement of it. Right? And so how different would people then look at, all right, I go out and try something. You just mentioned every one of us at some point, we've, we've attempted to do something. It didn't work out. We failed, but we learned. We tried something else. We tweaked it. We moved on. We continue to go. But people get so paralyzed with this idea of, of failing. And it's, and it's criticism. It's the fear that they're not good enough, smart enough, adaptable enough. And that's what, the, what they really worry about. But, but this whole concept of, of failure, it's, it's just simply a part of it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's yeah. not the opposite of success. This, so these messages you have are very focused. They're very strong. They apply to anybody, particularly when it comes to, to community and oh, – I'm sorry, jobs, when it comes to family. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been asked to counsel on marriage with any of these uh, with any of these no. things that you say? No. I'm, I'm wondering if it, anything applies. So – oh, a lot of it applies. So yeah. interestingly enough, I was out in South Dakota two weeks ago and – in the book that I wrote, Dare to Matter, it, I outline a, a very specific framework that deals with significance. You know, focus on these six things wh- when you do the way that you think changes, the things that you do change, the results that you create change. And while I was out in South Dakota, someone there uh, had purchased the book about six months ago and, and asked me to sign it. So while I was signing it, she said, I just want you to know, because uh, it had like rabbit ears on it, you know, it had little little yeah. stickies everywhere, she said – that she and her husband were going through it together, and it had transformed their marriage. And so that was really the first time where I thought, oh, I wonder if that's something to look at. You know, but look, significance isn't just relegated to work or per- – no, it's, it's as a whole. So these things obviously are relevant across the board. What would be different if we worked through it with our spouse and talked about those things? Because I think it's a real sure. book. You know, I think that it's real content where it's no holds barred. Let's, let's talk about things that matter. Well, what do you think were the main connection points in their marriage in the book that you wrote? I have a call with her in a couple of weeks to find out yeah. that exact thing. Okay. Um, because I'm, I'm interested to see what parts resonated. What, what's interesting about that framework is depending on where people are in their lives, certain chapters are going to resonate differently with them based on what they have going on at that time. So, But a lot of it is getting real with with fears and identity and choices and letting go you know uh those types of the concepts that that are discussed in that but fear is a real thing and fear keeps us in a not us as an 
me and you, honey. But you keep, keeps, I'm with you. It keeps us in a, a relationship that we shouldn't be in. And fear keeps us in a job that we don't want to be, be yeah. in. So, how? I mean, it, it's a very real thing. I would, I would say fear helps marriages in some ways. Like if you just feel like, oh, I've got this, I've got this person. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, I don't have to worry about anything. Um, I like I have like I have crazy dreams about I know, you and like other dudes and I have oh my god well no I'm just telling oh you like we turn this about <laughs> it's all about us it needs to be about us it's our podcast honey it's the whole it's okay. podcast exactly look at the name <laughs> the fear no, is a motivator I'm, like yes it is a motivator for me like I I I will never feel like I'm perfect and good enough and I can stop trying because we're in good shape and the the fear is of losing her yeah. Right? But here, that's, so, that's the fear for me. So fear can be a great motivator. The problem is fear is not a sustainable motivator. No, it is for me. I have right? these dreams so, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, next podcast, Dream Analyst. Weird Dreams. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I need to learn from – I need to learn from uh, – yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so look, look, yes, fear is a real thing because every one of us has it, right? And that's the great thing about fears. It doesn't matter where you are in an organizational chart or what your income statement is or anything else. Everyone has certain fears. And there are some fears that we all need because we have it to protect us, right? And so I have a fear of crossing the highway uh, on, on, with major you know, traffic yeah. because I fear, I don't know, dying. That's a pretty good fear <laughs> to good have, one. right? Good I'd one. like to keep that one here. I have a fear of, of spiders and snakes. You know, so there are those types of spear, uh, fears. By the way, I will knock my kids out of the way to get away from a spider. <laughs> really? So um, you're one of the spiders? Yeah. And it's bad. It's it's like I'm not proud of it. You're an arachnophobe. Is that yeah, the correct like term? I, yeah. I'm the one let's that Let's burn kills the house this. down before yeah. before okay. I see. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of spiders in the studio. I know. Just, and I know. just moved here recently. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this, this whole state needs it's to be? Oh, you, oh, yeah. You got through a summer, right? Like right around July, they're all like, ah. Yeah. And my life's terrified everywhere. Yeah. So me too. So within our first week, I ended up. I hate to say this, but I accidentally killed a snake. You're fine. Kill them all. Okay, good. Yeah. So I killed a snake. <laughs> I'm oh, super oh. scared of snakes. And, and a spider in, in within a four-hour window of each other. You're basically ready like, for like an episode we're of Survivor. You know, like we're out of here. You know, so <laughs> right. burn the plot, the house, the, the state. Uh, so you have those types of fears, <laughs> right? But the real fears, and here's the other thing. We have to put fear in the proper perspective. Like we all keep it within us. Why? Because it protects us. You know what I mean? It, it, it keeps us comfortable in many cases, for example, uh, the fear of looking foolish. You know, why don't people ask questions during meetings? It's not because everyone's on the same page. It's not because everyone has the answers. It's because one person at that table is looking around at everyone else thinking, am I the only one who doesn't have the answer to this question? What if I ask the question? Am I going to look foolish? What if so-and-so, Penn has the answer? Damn it, Penn. How come Penn always has the answers, right? And they're, and they're playing this mental gymnastics while sitting at the table. And so uh, the, what was the driving force? Well, they didn't want to look foolish. So what do you gain from that? You didn't look foolish because you didn't ask a question. But what do you lose out? What did you miss out on? You still don't have the answer. And so that's the, the area of, of fear that we need to recognize is that we compensate for our fear. There's always the gain portion of it, but then there's the loss portion of it as well. And there's a ton of fears, fear of, of um, being disliked, fear of being found out, right? This is a big one for, yeah. for millennials and, and everyone the else. The imposter so, syndrome, right? Imposter syndrome, right? At some point, this is all going to come crumbling down and people are going to realize you're not really as good as everyone else. I, I literally are, say that yeah. exact phrase every day. <laughs> we are living that life, man. Yeah, I'm we like, are. literally we're tomorrow, I'm like, people are going to realize we're not that talented. <laughs> yeah. 
I think they've already realized. I know. Thank I, don't God know. I think it's just yeah. my mom at this point. Yeah. yeah, just keep sharing it on Facebook, mom. Yeah. Thanks, Peggy. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, but how do you? So that imposter sy- syndrome. We aren't the only ones that feel it. And so if people feel like, we, so we do get the. I, well, I want to start a blog, and I want to start an Instagram page, and I, you know, I want to start a cupcake bakery. Like we get these. All the time. Yeah. Like, how did you do it? Tell me how to do it. Should I do this? Right. Um, and they're like, well, I'm not I'm not the best at this. But, but like, who is the best at this? Right? Yeah. Right. Well, part of it, look, if they want to start a cupcake business and they're already saying, but I'm not the best at making cupcakes. Well, you well, should be pretty good at it. Make something else then. Yeah. You know, you start with eggs. I don't they, know. Yeah, do, they, do they're very good. Yeah. Part of it is, look, you have to be realistic with what you're able to provide and what you're not. Do you solve a problem? Do you do it well? Do you help anyone else out? Do you shorten their learning curve? Or do you not? You know, mm-hmm. and so have that candid conversation. I'm, I'm not someone who says, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, but, you, but you suck at that. Like, <laughs> you're not going to make money that yeah. way. Don't do that. I think it's a bad idea. Uh, but look, the other part of it is in, in that whole embracing the crazy concept. Part of it is guts. At some point, you take the leap, right, that you did. The other part of it is to recognize and love the grind. And that's what people don't want to put up with is, is a, it's a grind. Do you have yeah. the stamina? Do you have the perseverance? to stick through it because sometimes it's that it's that journey which ultimately provides us with that with the ultimate fulfillment and some people aren't cut out for it uh okay so th- this 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 thing that i'm looking at that has notes about you pete sorry that was really eloquent that i just had there mm. um stand you, you've talked yeah. about stand several times it's yeah. in capital letters does that mean that it's in an acronym or is it oh an it's acronym? not no it just acronym. means it's important acronym. or i hit okay. caps lock yeah, i'm not yeah. really sure which one okay but, so yeah. so we've we've okay. talked about I didn't that know it's like... it was like super tall and not dumb i don't know if it was one of those you got okay, a couple sorry. of those pen. Right. Yeah. that's awesome that's actually like a really great Way to describe you, honey. Mm. Stan, uh, <laughs> you are super tall and not dumb. Thank you, nice. honey. Nice. <laughs> it just you popped up in my head. Because you're super tall and not dumb. Sometimes anyone, not Dirk. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm, okay, uh, I, I can't figure it out. So Sorry. we've de- we've determined Marcus. our purpose. Yeah. Our, where we, I, I call it the hill you want to die on. But like you discovered yeah. your purpose purpose in your I think it should be the same purpose for your professional life as your personal life mm-hmm. right yep and um, you well you work with your husband yeah mm. so you've answered the questions about money like how much like for how you're going to make it and how long you can live without it mm-hmm. right and then mm-hmm. if you're willing to kind of pinch pennies and do without if that's going to be enough um how do you help What's the next step? It's like addressing – how do you address their fear? Like what are the ways that people can address their fear? Three ways. One is, first of all, get the right perspective around it, right? So three Ps. First one's perspective. You, we all keep Kind it, of an acronym. Kind of an acronym. <laughs> and I have no idea what perspective would actually yep. stand for, yeah. but I'm curious to see what Penn would say. Um, so you have this perspective. In other words – You've lost him, by the way, yeah. for the next minute. <laughs> no, I'm trying really, no, no, I'm trying really hard. Quickly. trying really hard to listen <laughs> okay, now. Okay, I'm listening I'm trying super hard He's to listen. He's not. I am. But yeah, all I'm thinking about is – All right, so perspective. In other words, you have these fears, uh, just recognize you have them to protect you, right? They're right. trying to protect your ego, your pride, those things. It's what it's what keeps you comfortable, right? So you get a grip. Uh, the second one is people. One way to get beyond your fear is contrary to what most people want to do with their fear, which is keep it hidden from everyone. So my encouragement to them would be share it with someone. Share it. Yeah, put it out there yeah. uh, so that they can help you get beyond that, right? And then the third P is persistence. Find it in those little areas where – you are right up against something that you wouldn't normally do, go out and do it. Small baby steps, you know what I mean? And so 
part of it is, is getting people to recognize just because you do something one time doesn't mean that you're no longer going to have a fear of it. What it does is it, it, you're expanding your willingness to be uncomfortable with something. That's really how you end up getting beyond your That's fear. the grind. That's the grind. Yeah. And also, I love that about just getting hungry a little bit. I think we we um, didn't hire anybody to help us shoot or edit or any of that stuff for the very longest time. Still do a lot of that ourselves. We didn't for the longest time because we're like, let's let's stay lean. Let's get hungry. Let's like yeah. see how like let let's figure that out and like make sure we do all that stuff just to like make sure we could. Um, Hustle and humility go a long way. Right? Yeah. And heart could be three H's. Three H's. I love it. Did you come up with anything for a perspective pen? What do you mean? Perspective is one word. Oh, I have to do the whole thing? Okay, hang on. You're right. Sorry. You guys keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we, we, again, yeah, we're, we're getting these questions a lot about should I, could I, would I. And I think those are great questions to ask. I'm a big, like, go chase your dreams. Have some sunshine. There's a unicorn. And I paint a really (laughs) pretty picture. But I have to say, I would rather live on ramen. We do love ramen. Mm -hmm. Than sit in a job and make a lot of money and be miserable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who choose to do that, right? It always comes down to a choice. Right. Yeah. And so they'll give you a million reasons and they'll complain and yet they don't do anything different. Right. So is it really that bad? I don't know. You're you're making it out to be one way and yet you do nothing. So now I think something's wrong with you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because if it's that bad and you're not doing anything... I do have a very uh, what, dear – oh, go ahead, Max. Oh, I was just going to say, isn't there um, – in, in talking about success, I think like quality of life is sometimes much more important than, say, financial success or so. And like I stopped working 70 hours a week as a restaurant manager so that I could record these guys on, on microphones and other <laughs> right. people as well. And my quality of life is so much better, though my bank, bank account is so much smaller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm happier, but, so I feel m- way more successful. It doesn't matter. Right. right, and so it comes. At, well, what matters to you? Well, family matters to me. So, you know, for example, I, I don't speak on March 27th or August 27th. Why? March 27th because it's my birthday. Is that? Yeah. Well, it's my it's my son's birthday. Aww. Right. So now that's why I don't speak because it's his birthday and and Kim's birthday. Um, so that you know. The, but, I, but your wife, you'll speak on her birthday anyway. So I asked her that, and, and then she said, "Well, how much do you charge?" I told her, and she was like, "Well, I'll pack your bags." So you know, it's, it's get a out. Bit, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Happy she's very birthday excited to for me. me to be gone on on her birthday. Um, but, you know, that's that's a decision that I made in advance, right? right. So this time, if, if anyone's asking me, look, either I'm not speaking that day or my family comes with me. So what does that mean? If, if, if they can't come with me, then I don't speak. So do I miss out on that engagement? Probably. But and you know okay what? It doesn't no. matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, it doesn't, I don't mind missing out on that. Why? Because I've made a priority-based decision in advance that that's what's important to me. So you miss out on, on an engagement? All right. There'll be others. There'll be others. Okay. You know? Boundaries are, in, are like super important. Wait, was that, was that what you guys were talking about? Yeah. Okay, no. good. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, because like we had a thing about that last night. Oh, Penn and I got in a huge fight last night. About oh. yeah, I feel like we should bring that up. Miss, oh, no, honey. No. <laughs> so well, I I, I look. Have... He's already revealed that he has dreams about you with other people. So like, how, yeah, bad, I've got how bad? How bad? Fears and insecurities. Well, here's <laughs> I do have I have some boundaries. So she we... just didn't tell me about him until the middle of the fight. <laughs> Hidden boundaries. Yeah. Yes. Nice. No. So that's the a, best kind. Right. Exactly. So no. That is like an electric shock collar when you cross them. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so I have. We still haven't solved this fight. Oh, by but the way. we haven't had a chance to talk about it. <laughs> still so happening. Here. No. Here's what happened. 
I have this thing. We have a lot of the people we work with, the brands we work with, are on the West Coast. Okay. So end of workday for them is 5 or 6 o'clock there is 8 or 9 o'clock for us. Mm-hmm. That is the time I – by 8 o'clock, we have like – we can watch like a 20-minute Netflix something with my kids. Their homework is done. They've taken their showers. They've brushed their teeth. Let's sit here and snuggle. 8 o'clock, I'm on the couch and I'm snuggling. I'm not looking at my phone. I don't want to answer my phone. I And I would never do that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw that we were getting a phone call from Larry Shapiro, who I love and adore, and he helps like negotiate brand stuff, and he's a daily part of our life. But guess what? Larry Shapiro, that's work, and I was with my kids. You were on your computer, researching, and your kids were watching TV. I was researching stuff for after Christmas of where we're going to stay. That I suggested. Yes. Because so I was, was trying to help you out. Yes. Yeah, okay, go okay. ahead. Anyway, that, let's, God bless America. Anyway. Just, just fill in the blanks. So anyway, <laughs> Pete or Larry then called... Pen, pen answered, and he's having a conversation. I don't think this is going to – we're not going to solve this, and now this is getting embarrassing. So I didn't want to talk to Larry. He's mm-hmm. like, anyway. So here's what was happening. <laughs> uh, Larry was talking to my ear. Kim was shouting into my other ear. Mm. I wasn't shouting. I just said, I don't want to talk right you, now. No, no. You were saying, I don't want to do that. And then Larry was like, well, what if we did this? He's like, I still don't know if I want to do that. Well, what about this? So then I took the phone, and I, I put it up to Kim's ear, and she looked at it like it was Pete with a spider. Mm. <clears throat> right. And uh, – and Right. She and then and then I said, I'm sorry, Larry. Kim just doesn't want to talk right now. No, he said Kim doesn't want to talk to you. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was true. Well, it's partially uh, true. No, yeah. mean, it's true. 100 yeah. percent true. But like yeah. not. I said, I, 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 right I said, I'm sorry. Been... Can I call right. back? Larry was apologetic, and then Kim lit me up like for being rude to Larry. Where in case, like all I had done that entire day, entire. So I'm getting ready to leave Cleveland. By the way, guys, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's that's a saying we say that when like the fight goes somewhere else, okay. there it shouldn't. I'm leaving Cleveland. Like, that whole day, I'd been, like, doing stuff to tr- try to be helpful. It was my helpful day. I was feeling really good about myself for being helpful. I was doing all the carpool. I was doing all the doctor's visits. I was, like, editing, working. Didn't have a lot of time for myself. I uh, tried to look up this this place where I could stay over Christmas, handed it to Kim. And then when the phone call came in, all I wanted, I was trying to help. I was like, hey, how can I help you? How can I help you? And I, then I got lit up for being rude, and and I had I something I, I turned into a crazy person. Right. Something got triggered. I just started like, rah, 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 rah. She told me I was acting like a lunatic. She was right mm. that I was. Um, I went upstairs, and we didn't talk for the rest of the day. This is the first time we've talked. Oh, yeah. excellent. <laughs> like, we, great. No, no, actually, it's funny. No, we got up this morning. And we like, whatever. We both realized that it was a little ridiculous. Yeah. But we didn't talk all last night. What was the – why are we telling the story again? I don't know. I don't even remember what was the purpose of this conversation. Why are you telling the story? Anyway, we're fine. No, Lola, we're fine, but, yeah. Lola sat down next to me. Like, it was as boundaries. As boundaries. <laughs> it was boundaries. No, boundaries. Yes, no, but Lola sat down. Up, um, <laughs> And she goes, is this going to be one of those situations where you just don't talk about it and then it's okay? And I said, yeah. And she's like, okay. And then we finished watching the show. Yeah. It's fine. We really, that had nothing to do. Embrace the crazy? Is that where we tie the bow no, and embrace he, he the said, crazy? He no. said boundaries. And you have a boundary where you don't want to talk work after 8 o'clock, which is brand new to me because you love talking work like right before we go to sleep. But I guess with other people outside this area. And so I discovered that boundary. In the middle of this. Mm. And now I know He didn't it. have his shot collar on. So oh, <laughs> poor Ruby. Hen, <laughs> <laughs> you were feverishly working on the acronym for perspective. It's so bad. What you got? I gave up. Um, like, honestly, I wanted to listen again. Personally, every rainbow sees people. <laughs> <laughs> Pete is dying oh, on the inside. Perspective. Pers- every cobweb <laughs> traverses... 
<laughs> incredibly vigorous exercise. <laughs> no That's sense. exactly what that means. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. That word's for. It's like five different directions. <laughs> I looked at it and I'm like, this is the worst writing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> it's like a it's like a haiku got drunk and made out. Right. With a fortune cookie and had an illegitimate child. I know you don't like mushrooms. Yeah. Did you have any this morning? Yeah. Or, oh, no. I can't. Nope. Nope. Oh, my nope. God. <laughs> that, on that note, guys, a good way to Pete get, is yeah. super happy he drove in here for this. Yeah. <laughs> this is if you really... steal this in your next book, I'm going to be. Well, yeah, that, that's a real, that's <laughs> yeah. a keeper. Let me tell you. <laughs> Just have some perspective. <laughs> right. Just, have, Just have, have a rainbow that shoots cobwebs at vigorous exercise. Okay. Wow. So um, should Penn quit his job? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a good question. No, no. Um, well, I haven't been thinking about quitting it. So does that mean I should quit? It's no. like the no. opposite no. of your other thing. No, okay, no, okay, no, okay, no. Pete, <laughs> yes. thank you so much. My pleasure. For coming in and helping Where us can em- we find you? embrace our crazy. Smithimpact.com. Okay. Smith, that's the best way to do it? That's the best way. Okay. Do you do personal coaching or? Very little. Okay. So I have other staff that will spend more oh, of their time. Oh, you got staff. Oh. Um, he has yeah. clients so, now, honey. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. He has clients now. Yeah. And, um, and in your book, we're going to put your website and the link to your book and the show notes. Cool. Um, and just just so you know, our, this podcast will air in a few days, and okay. if thousands of people quit their jobs, yeah, um, as a result, Pete tiring. I'm, 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 I'm here to blame. I'm yeah. absolving yeah. myself yeah. of all responsibility <laughs> for this right now because you really do make some great points. Yeah. But I think you also make great points about why you should stay. Yeah, so and I think be, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I think if you're fulfilled in other areas, then yeah, cool. Thank you, Pete. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. Remember, every rainbow sees people. <laughs> <laughs> And take a screenshot of this and uh, tag us on Instagram, will ya? Share it with your friends. That way we can maybe pay Max more money and his bank account won't be so terrible. Sorry, Max. Sweet. <laughs> okay. Bye. Cardio requires incredibly vigorous exercise. <laughs> what was that? Nonsense. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.